Welcome, future doctors, to another episode of the Future Minority Doctor Podcast with Dr. Sulma and Marina, where we bring you conversations to empower and inspire you to contribute to your community and the world by becoming a doctor. Hello, future doctors. So happy that you have joined us once again. This episode is for those who are preparing to apply for medical school this year. While there are many components of the medical school application process, a big one that tends to fill your nerves with jitters is the medical school interview. The thought of having to make an interesting conversation with a stranger for up to an hour can be daunting for many. On top of that, I feel that for underrepresented minority students, this is where all those stereotype threat thoughts and concerns come into mind because of the fear of being labeled as soon as you walk in through the door. The reality is, though, you will likely look different than your peers who are at the interview and the doctors and the medical school faculty. I think it's uncomfortable for any prospective medical student, but I feel like for URM students, uh, this is just one added layer on top of that discomfort. Anyhow, this is why Future Minority Doctor was started, because one day we would like medical school faculty and physicians to reflect what society really looks like. Dr. Marina, I know it's been a while, but do you remember how you felt that very first interview when you were applying to medical school? Oh, yes. I actually can't remember which was my first interview, but pretty much I only had a handful of interviews. And during every interview, I was nervous. I was a little bit terrified. and really. Who isn't a little nervous, Mm -hmm. at least (laughs) during their interview day? We all want so badly to just make a good impression and get into that school of our dreams. So I think it's normal for anyone to be nervous. And I definitely felt that. But I also really wanted to try to just be myself because the fact was, if they really liked the real me, then it was more likely to be a good match in terms of the school. And if they didn't like the real me, then it probably wasn't a good match. So I really tried to just tell myself and calm myself with that idea of just be yourself. And if they like you, it's meant to be. If they don't, (laughs) it's not. But that being said, preparation is so important. And we are going to talk about that in this episode because that preparation can help you feel less of that nervousness that I felt. So with that said, Dr. Marina and I have crossed the medical school interview path already, and we are here to give you some tips on how to have a successful interview. Firstly, I would strongly recommend you to listen to a couple of our episodes about growth mindset, stereotype threat, self-confidence. This is episode number 8, 11, and 20. I think you should check these out before the interview. And I feel that Possibly if you listen to these even before, it'll set a good foundation and it'll maybe give you a little bit more of a positive sense of yourself when you're starting to interview. Absolutely. Now let's go over some pointers to hopefully get you a good interview. Okay, first of all, we want to review the different types of interviews because there are several types of interviews that you might encounter on the interview trail. Each school has their own preference and their own style. Some schools will have you just do one traditional interview, and some schools may have you do a series of eight of what's called a mini medical interview. So make sure that you do your research, you read the emails that get sent to you by the school in advance of the interview day, make sure that you know what you're getting into. 
if it's a mini medical interview, it's going to be really different than a traditional interview. So let's go over the basics of those different types of interviews. First of all, the traditional interview. This is typically a one-on-one interview with a faculty member, though it could also be a fourth-year medical student, or if they're short-staffed with faculty, maybe a staff member will step in. These are usually 30 to 60-minute conversations that give them an opportunity to know you and also an opportunity for you to ask them questions. A few schools may have more than one person interviewing at once. I don't think it's very common, but sometimes they have like a panel of two to three people, two to four people (laughs) interviewing you, and that can be a little nerve-wracking because it's three against one kind of feeling. (laughs) But luckily, that's not very common. The interviewers, this is really important, the interviewers may or may not have a copy of your application file. So sometimes they've looked at your application, they've seen your personal statement, they've seen your activities, they've seen your letters of recommendation. Sometimes they see your GP and MCAT and sometimes they don't. Or maybe they had access to it, but they didn't have time to go through it. Or maybe they did not have access to it at all. So every school is different. Then there is the mini medical interview. I like to think of mini medical interviews or MMIs as speed dating interviews. You're going to have somewhere between four and 10 stations that you rotate through. Each station will present you with a question or a prompt. It could be a medical scenario, a general ethical scenario, or a simple question about an experience that you've had. The question will be along the lines of, what would you do? Or what do you think about this topic? Or tell me about a time when. You usually have one to two minutes to read the question prompt and then think about how you're going to answer it. And then you will have about five to eight minutes to speak with the person at the interview station and give your response. And then they usually like ring a bell or give a notification if it's a virtual interview. You have one minute to wrap things up. And then again, you go on to the next station and repeat that process. In terms of the types of interviews, it's also important to know that nowadays, especially since the COVID-19 pandemic, some interviews are in person and some interviews will be virtual. When COVID hit, a lot of schools were just forced to switch to a virtual interview process. And a lot of schools, even though though the pandemic is winding down, a lot of schools are choosing to stay virtual because they realized that it actually improves access for students who are applying. Now, there are pros and cons to having virtual interviews. So on the plus side, it saves you the expense and the hassle of having to travel to each school. And many people have pointed out, that this really helps students with lower financial resources to be able to apply to more schools and interview at more schools. On the downside, it doesn't let you get a great feel for the school environment because you're not there visiting the school and meeting students in person, meeting faculty, getting to know the environment and all of that. So if you end up getting in and you have to decide if the school is really a good fit for you, you can still go visit the school in person during one of their second look events. All right. So that's that's very good to keep in mind because when Dr. Marina and I interviewed, the virtual wasn't even an option. So um, it's, it's nice to hear that because financially, I feel just listening to you, I would have been able to apply to more medical schools. So that's great. Definitely. Let's now go over other things that you want to do and know and prepare for before the interview. 
One is clothing and presentation. This is very, very important. So let's start. You want to have your hair well put together. So avoid the bright colors. Not that I don't like them, but when you do present yourself to the to the interview, you don't want to be showing up with hot pink hair color, for example. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two is if you have piercings, um, especially like on the nose, tongue, lip, eyebrow, whatever it might be, just remove them during the interview. And then, of course, you can put them back if you'd like, but just at least to present yourself during the medical school interview. Make sure you are well-groomed. I like to say look like your Sunday best as well. And then as far as clothing, I think dark colored suits are overall preferred for women. If you're going in person, you know, you want, you can use the pantsuit, the skirt suit, the dress suit. Just remember to skip the short skirts. Don't get those skirts too short. Um, Again, if it's virtual, then, you know, you're still going to have to be presented, well presented on the, for the interview, but it'll, you don't have to focus so much on the bottom half. Exactly. And then also one key thing is just remember, look ahead what the weather's like um, in case you need to take a coat with you. And then if you have tattoos, just make sure you hide them or cover them for the interview as well. That's also very important, whether it's medical school interview, job interview, or whatever it may be. I just want to add that it's not that you can't have pink hair or can't have a tattoo showing, but just know that there is a very real possibility that you will be judged negatively if those are there. Because the people interviewing you, you don't know their background, you don't know their personal opinions, you don't know their views, everybody has biases. And so really, these guidelines are just to play it safe. Exactly. I mean, once you start medical school, at that point, if you want to dye your hair this color, that color. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's up to you. Um, It's just for the interview itself. Two, you want to make sure you research the medical school that you're interviewing. And this takes time. So don't push this off. This is very important. Like, for example, know who the medical school dean, the worst thing that can happen is you show up to the interview or you're, you know, communicating with someone and you don't know that they're the actual dean. It's just good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, you also want to be up to date on the current events, research that the school is involved in as well. Because they they like to have, you know, these kinds of things highlighted during the interview. You also want to look to see if there's any recent special recognitions that the medical school got to. It's always good to know. And then ask about the medical school interview format ahead of time. Um, Most schools will explain this information they provide leading up to the interview day. If they don't, you can try reaching out to groups on the medical school campus like LMSA, SNMA or other on-campus minority medical school groups to ask via social media. A lot of these groups already have, they're on Facebook, Instagram, you can find them. You just post a message there. They tend to be very passionate about increasing diversity on medical school campus. So you'll be surprised there might be someone there that you can just at least ask. Then three is current events. And I mean, current events, just what's going on in the world, especially in the medical world. For example, if you're planning to uh, apply this year for 2022, you probably want to be up to date on COVID current events with vaccines, how COVID is transmitted, you know, little things like that. You don't have to be an expert on it, but at least be up to date with what's going on because this shows interest in medicine. And then four, reading books is important if you're not a big book reader. I know not everyone is. But take the time to, you know, get several books under your belt, either reading them or listening to them via audiobooks. 
Make sure some of the books you read are related to medicine or service to others. And I don't mean textbooks. Uh, I'm referring more just like good reads, fiction, biographies. I found that during interviews, you can sometimes be asked about your favorite book and why, and you want to be prepared to answer this. And don't pretend you read it either, because there's a good chance that your interviewer might have read it as well. Uh (laughs) Definitely. And then another thing you want to do is, um, I think which most uh, prospective medical students are really good at, but look up the interview questions ahead of time. You want to look up questions that are commonly asked during the, the interview. Look up questions and prepare how to answer them. I recall having a binder in which I would I created sections within the binder for the medical schools. So that way they were very specific to the medical schools. Obviously, there's some questions that just overlap, but it was just a way to be prepared ahead of time. And then some examples of some traditional interview questions, which I feel happened almost every time is you would just walk in, you're sitting down, you greet, and then it's like, tell me about yourself. <laughs> oh, yes. It's really hard because at this point, you know, most of you are in your 20s. A lot of things have happened in your life. So really trying to formalize like a way to present that, but making yourself interesting is, all, is very important. So I suggest a short format that starts from beginning to end. So for example, you start out where you were born or raised, briefly describe your family and background. And then you want to highlight meaningful experiences that, ha- that happened in elementary, middle, or high school. And then where you ended up in college, I would highlight if you are the first in your family to attend college. I think that's something very important to bring up. And then you want to highlight meaningful experiences, hobbies, interests that you did in- while you were in college, and then ho- why you majored in what you did, how it is that you became to the realization that you wanted to be a doctor, or if there's a specialty you're interested, why. Another question that commonly comes across is why, why their medical school over others? Why do you want to be a doctor? And then I also found there's often a question about how you would manage a situation where you're not getting along with the, let's say, with the co-resident or with the superior. So you want to be prepared to answer that. And that's also a very common question when you're applying for interviews for jobs as well. And then I also recall getting questions about my strengths and and weaknesses. So it's important to be able to highlight areas where you feel like you need to improve on, but without sounding too bad about it as well. So I think when I was a uh, when I was applying, I think my the what I would focus on when I would get asked that would be more so like saying no when people ask me so setting boundaries that was my weakness uh-huh. <laughs> and I think sometimes that still is but <laughs> <laughs> but again so it sounds something that it's very common very relatable um but some it's so that way the interviewer understands you and knows where you're coming from but it's not necessarily something that'll earn you negative points mm-hmm. I would also add that within the realm of the traditional interview questions Sometimes if it's a longer interview, especially like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, you can get asked about ethical scenarios. So back when I was interviewing, some of the big things were like, you know, physician assisted suicide, or how do you feel about cloning that was in the news. So nowadays, they might ask you about gene editing or assisted reproductive technologies or other ethical scenarios. But again, every school is different. So the the more you prepare and the more possible questions you prepare to be asked, the better position you'll be in come interview day. 
Moving on to examples of mini medical interview questions, like we mentioned, these are quite different. Usually it's a scenario-based question. So here are two examples of a scenario where you're actually asked to pretend you are speaking to a patient or speaking to a coworker or speaking to someone in the scenario. So it involves a little bit of acting. So here's one scenario. You are seeing a patient with kidney failure who refuses dialysis, a life-prolonging procedure. He tells you that he is tired of this procedure and would rather die. His family members request that you dialyze him immediately. Enter the room and talk to the family members. So that's a little tough, right? You're being put on the spot. (laughs) Go in and pretend you're talking to the family. Here's another example. This is not specifically medical, but it's a scenario. Your niece cut class to see a movie and missed an important test. She calls you asking if you can write her a doctor's note explaining that she was absent due to an illness. Otherwise, she will fail the class. Enter the room and talk to your niece. So again, this is like an ethical scenario, even though it's not specifically related to medicine, and you're going to be put on the spot trying to act this out. These are not always easy. They definitely put you on the spot. And then here are some examples of general scenarios where you're simply asked what you would do or what you think. So here's one scenario. Your older sister tells you that she wants to have in vitro fertilization and have her child implanted into a surrogate mother for $3,000 through a company. Your mother is opposed to this idea, whereas your father supports her decision. Your sister asks for your support. How do you, how would you respond to your sister? So that one, you don't have to act, but you still have to talk to the interviewer about how you would react. Here's another one. You are working in a clinic for street youth when a 17-year-old girl comes in seeking pain medication. After a physical exam and a thorough past medical history, you determine that she does not need them. She says she will see another doctor if you do not prescribe them. What would you do? So again, in general, what would you do? These are tough. So there, I used some examples that I found online. You can find so many different examples. And you don't have to practice a hundred different questions, but the more you practice, the better you will get at thinking on your feet, which is very important. And another thing I'll mention is that there's also like a few more examples would be something like, tell me about a time when you faced a challenge. How did you overcome it? Or tell me about a time you had to work as a team. What did you learn? So that those are other examples of things that might happen during a mini medical interview. But whether you're doing a traditional or an MMI interview, the internet is full of practice questions. So please, please do your homework. Practice, practice, practice. So Dr. Marina, I know you have done mini medical interviews in the past. What are some of the common mistakes you see students make during the process? Yeah, great question. I did I did it a couple of years <laughs> in a row. And I would do it just like once or twice a month, but it was enough to really see how different students respond and kind of get a feel for the process. And they change the scenarios every year too. So they try to they try to change them so that students aren't learning from the other students the year before what the questions are. <laughs> I would say that in terms of the mistakes people make, the biggest one is going into the scenario or the interview station thinking that you have to give the right answer. Let me tell you something. Most of these questions 
are not made to have one right answer. What the interviewers care about is trying to get a feeling for your thought process. And your thought process has the potential to reveal certain aspects about you. So for example, are you a compassionate person? Are you empathic? Do you work well in a team? Are you open-minded? Are you mature? All of those things can come through in the way you respond to one of these questions. But if you go in there saying, oh, well, I think the right answer is this, and this is why, and that is absolutely what I would do, then it can come across as closed-minded or inflexible or even immature. So make sure you always stay humble and acknowledge that there might be other ways to view the scenario. But you can still say, well, based on my experiences and my current knowledge, this might be what I would do. And that's a more humble way of approaching it without coming off as closed-minded. I would say another major mistake that I see is failing to use personal stories to explain your answers. So if, for example, if they ask you the question about the example we just gave about your sister wants to have a baby through a surrogate, and what would you do? Like, how would you talk to your sister? Well, if it wasn't one where, if it was one where you don't have to act, like if it was just like, what would you do? You can draw on personal experiences. Like you you can say, you know, this reminds me of a time where I was caught in an argument between my mom and dad. And this is how I dealt with it. So based on that, I think in this situation, maybe I would do blah, blah, blah. So it really helps for the interviewer to get a sense of like who you are as a person and see that you're able to make connections between this and your past life experiences. So learning how to tell a little bit of a story in your answer is really, really helpful. And I, I enjoy talking to people more when they're able to relate things to their experiences, as opposed to just hearing like a boring answer that sounds rehearsed. Then another thing I would say, um, I can usually tell when someone is really nervous. And I don't blame students for being nervous. Again, we've all been there. (laughs) We've all been in that hot seat. They might stutter, they might be fidgety, or maybe repeat themselves a lot. So again, being nervous is okay. It happens to everyone. But if you have practiced, you are less likely to be nervous and do all of those things, especially like repeating yourself a lot, because if you've practiced, you can catch yourself doing that. So those are the major things that I see. There are a lot of other little things, but without going into specific examples, those would be the three major things I see. Now, if you're doing a traditional interview, the other thing is please have a list of questions that you want to ask the interviewer. And I highly, highly recommend you, you always ask questions when it gets to the part of the interview, which is usually towards the end. Do you have any questions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and by asking questions, it shows you're interested in the medical school and the conversation with the interviewer. I would say avoiding to say no, always have a question to ask about the medical school or the interviewer. Very, very important. Uh-huh. And then if you're lucky enough to know who your interviews are ahead of time, research them as well. Look up their specialty or areas of interest. Look up research that they're currently working on. Look up any accolades or recognitions. And then prepare questions specific to your interviewer. I personally found that by asking questions about them, it was very promising gesture in my interviews and in my interviews during medical school. 
the faculty are so passionate about their work, uh-huh. their purpose, and why they became doctors, and they really enjoy talking about it. It's almost like a moment of reflection for a lot of the um, interviewers. And it's because passion speaks louder than words. So just be prepared for this part. And then also for traditional interviews, make sure to review your application. If, you know, as Dr. Marina said, there are some interviewers that will not have access to your application, but for the ones that do, at least from my experience, I felt like I was asked questions about my application. So you want to be familiar with what you wrote in its entirety. Uh, Like, for example, review your extracurricular activities you listed, your research, your working experience, reread your personal statement. And this is when interviewers know if you're truly sincere and honest about what you included in your application. Yeah, let me just add to that. If you don't know whether they will have access to your application or not, and it's a traditional interview, assume that they do. So go ahead. This is great advice. Review it, assuming that they will. But it's okay to ask during the interview if they ask something, for example, about an experience, you can ask in a polite way to clarify, oh, I'm not sure if you read my personal statement. I talked about blah, blah, blah. And if they say, oh, no, I didn't read it, then you can go into more detail as opposed to like, if they did read it, then maybe you don't want to say the exact same thing over again. And then another key point is you want to, as Dr. Marina had referenced already, practice, 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 which means you do mock interviews. I would say this is probably one of the most important things you can do because it's really hard to talk about yourself while sounding humble, but interesting at the same time. Oh, yeah. I would say at least do three mock interviews, but more if possible. Ask professors, friends, physicians, mentors, medical students, and then just make sure you have the list of questions for your mock interviewer. And then um, you want to get constructive feedback from them. So I think a good person that will interview you will always tell you your strengths and your weaknesses with your interview. And then that way you can change it as well. And don't take it personal. Uh And then if you do not know any physicians or medical school students, again, reach out to the groups that we mentioned before, SNMA, LMSA, there's like me mentor, because there's just a chance that someone will be available and agree to do a mock interview with you. Mm -hmm. And even if you can't find anyone that's specifically in medicine or medical student, find people who you know, but you're not comfortable with. (laughs) So just like a neighbor or one of your parents' friends, or just someone who's like maybe a classmate um, who's also applying to medical school. If you do it only with people who you're really comfortable with, it's going to be easier. Mm -hmm. You want to actually mimic the circumstances under which you will be interviewing by facing someone, maybe someone who doesn't look like you, (laughs) maybe someone who's a little bit intimidating. That is going to help you prepare more because it will mimic the nervousness of the situation more like the real thing. Great advice. Did you do mock interviews, Dr. Marina, when you were applying? And then how many and who did you ask? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I have a bad memory sometimes. (laughs) I I can't totally remember. I'm pretty sure I did practice. Mm -hmm. But because back then I was pretty shy, and I did not like to ask for help. I don't think I used those resources as much as I could. Mm -hmm. I probably practiced with my husband. Christian, um, and forced myself to like look in the mirror or 
not look at any notes and rehearse what I would say to a particular question, mm -hmm. but I really could have done more. And I think that's one of my messages to anyone listen is don't take it lightly. Some people don't get into medical school because they get to that interview stage and then they bomb the interview. So please don't be one of those. If you have the chance, make the most of it. Yeah, a great way to practice too, I feel, I mean, it's not with the medical school questions, but even when you're applying to jobs, it's just that it, it really allows you to feel uncomfortable with whoever's interviewing you. But, you know, the, the feelings, the nervousness is, is very similar. Mm -hmm. So um, I think most people do go through, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say most, but some people do work while they're in, um, in undergrad, but of course, not everyone. But it's very similar to that feeling. But again, I think what Dr. Marina said, finding someone that you're not comfortable around to ask you uh -huh. <laughs> the questions. <laughs> also, the other thing you can do is get comfortable talking about yourself is by interviewing yourself. So literally look in the mirror or record yourself on your phone, tablet, and, or laptop, asking the questions and how you look like when you respond. And then that way you're giving yourself that self, just the self-constructive feedback as well. You'll, it'll give you a chance to look at your facial expressions, how clear you are. And if you're doing anything that could be distracting, like, um, 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 or if you're fidgety with something as well. Mm -hmm. um, so this is really, really good idea, even if it's uncomfortable, because obviously it's uncomfortable to look at yourself. <laughs> uh -huh, definitely. And I would say to even take it a step further, dress up in the suit that you plan to interview in while you're doing these um, recordings as well, or while you're practicing, because honestly, your first impression, that's all you got when you get to these interviews. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they say that people come to a first impression about you in something like 30 seconds, like mm -hmm. within the less than a minute of the first time they interact with you, they've already developed an opinion of you. Like generally, that's just how our brains work. It's not that people are doing that intentionally. It's just part of how our brains work is as soon as we meet someone, we all do it. We develop an opinion. We develop an impression of them within that first minute. Mm-hmm. And then finally, prepare logistics. If you're traveling to an in-person interview, you want to make sure your airfare is uh, squared away, especially you need to look at flights that aren't going to cost you so much money. Don't wait till the last minute. Uh, you also want to plan your transportation, figuring out ahead of time how you're going to get to and from the airport. And then if you arrive to your destination city, how are you going to get around to get to your lodging and interview, whether it's going to be a car rental, Uber, Lyft, train, subway, bus. And then I like to share a story of this uh, because I, I'm from California and raised in sunny California. So I've never really lived in an area that's snowing or really cold. So when I went uh -huh. to an interview, in, this was during residency, actually, I rented a car and it just never dawned on me in the morning. I got up, got ready. I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And then I get to the car and I can't put the key in the keyhole because it was frozen. And I'm like, uh -huh. what is going on here? And then I couldn't see through my windshield because it had ice all over it. And I just like went through the state of panic because I didn't know how I was going to take it off. I, of course, my best friend is from the East Coast. I called her <laughs> like, what do I do in this situation? And of course, she told me what to do, defrost, give it time. Luckily, I had gotten ready early. So I had that time. But again, um, just a note to any people who live in warm states. <laughs> oh, yes, that is very, that is very wise. <laughs> Definitely. I would say in terms of transportation too, 
one of my interviews actually for UC San Diego, where I ended up going, we didn't want to have to pay to like to stay in a hotel the night before. So we stayed with my family who lives about an hour and a half away. We gave ourselves two and a half hours to get there in the morning thinking, okay, there's going to be some traffic. And I was still late to my interview. And it, it was like 20 minutes late. It wasn't just five minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I felt so embarrassed. And one of my interviews was with the dean of admissions. And I apologized. I explained the situation. I was so embarrassed. And luckily, she was very understanding. But please, like, I swear, give yourself three times as much time. If you have to travel, especially like drive a significant distance, plan to get there extra, extra early. Yeah. And then, in, and then if you're going to a big city, look at the peak traffic hours, because then even though say you map it from your phone, mm-hmm. if it's during peak hours, it's, it might be two to three times as much, just like Dr. Marina said, like Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and then you want to obviously uh, plan ahead of time where you're going to stay at, whether it's a hotel or you're going to stay with family, friends. I would also say even start asking around for friends of friends because um, it'll save you some money if if you have a friend that says, oh, but I have a friend that lives there and they might be willing to just let you stay the night there too and save some money. Also have your plan out what, what clothes you're going to take and then look at the weather forecast so that way you're well prepared if it's going to be really cold and you need a big coat or what type of shoes you need to take as well, whether they're weather appropriate or not. And I personally suggest taking like an extra dresser or an outfit just in case that morning you're very nervous and you spill something on yourself, you have a backup. Um, I used to carry out those, carry those little shout wipes with me because I can get clumsy when I'm nervous and like spill coffee or whatever it might be. And I would just take them with me in my bag to before the interview. So if I needed to clean anything up, I had something. <laughs> uh-huh. Those come in handy. Yeah. And um, also just have cash on hand as well. And then obviously a credit card. And then just remember to be well rested. Uh, when you're at the destination city, wherever it is that you're interviewing, please don't go out and party the night before. That's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good advice. Get eight hours of sleep if at all possible. It just really helps you function better, think better, be able to just think on your feet. And then no amount of caffeine can truly compensate for the lack of sleep. All right. If you're doing a virtual interview, it's not nearly as complicated as Dr. Zulma just talked about. You don't have the airfare, you don't have the travel, the car rental, the lodging, all that stuff, but you still do have to prepare. So I'll talk about a couple of things you can do to prepare for the virtual interview. First of all, make sure that you have a reliable and a smooth internet connection. You can test this with a family member or a friend who lives far away. But please, please do that. If your internet is spotty, it can affect your ability to do the interviews. And programs try to be flexible. They always try to, you know, not count it against you if there were technical issues. But the fact is that if you have technical issues that prevent you from doing the whole day, you might have to do it again. Or... They just might not have the data or the information to add to your application. So make sure that your internet connection works. Also, along those lines, make sure that your computer's microphone works and make sure that your computer's camera works. Make sure that you know what the schedule is for the interview day and what time you need to join the meeting. 
Usually we want to be there at least a few minutes early in front of your computer, ready to go, making sure everything's working. And then remember that the dress and grooming standards are the same as if you were interviewing in person. If you really want, you don't have to wear shoes and you can wear more comfortable pants, but everything (laughs) that's going to be visible on camera needs to be just like it would be if you were interviewing in person. And I would actually um, like to add to that is just find a place that's quiet and then close a door just, I don't know, depending where you're going to interview. And also a key thing is look at what's behind you. You want to make sure you don't have anything inappropriate behind you because it's very common that we found out through this uh, pandemic is you find out a lot about a person with what's behind you. Definitely. Okay, so just make sure you plan where you're going to do this if there's going to be things behind you as well. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. Thank you. So now you've arrived to the day of your interview. Ah! (laughs) Be happy. Get ready to rock it. Make sure you look your best. Take a notepad and a pen to write down notes. You'll want to remember your interviewers and key points about your discussion. You'll want to make notes about the medical school in the event you have more than one to choose from, like pros and cons. And you'll also want to send thank you notes or emails to your interviewers. Make sure you also have a good breakfast. And then if you're, obviously this is for in-person, take a snack, water bottle with you. Or, well, I guess even if you're sitting behind a computer, right, after a long day or a couple of hours, you'll get thirsty from talking so much. (laughs) So just have it by you, by your computer. Arrive early, as Dr. (laughs) Marina stated earlier. Luckily, it sounds like the dean was very nice because Dr. Marina got into UCSD Medical School. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. But that is that is not always the case, okay? Mm-hmm. Turn off your cell phone. Please turn off your cell phone before the interview. That, I think, is very disrespectful if you have your cell phone on um, while you are interviewing with someone. And then take a big breath and remind yourself, I deserve to be here. And then be yourself. And most importantly, we talked about first impressions, smile. Right when you see that person, just smile. And you want to look like you want to be there and that you're excited to start your path of becoming a doctor. Absolutely. I hope you find these tips helpful in preparing for the medical school interview. The most important thing from these interviews is to be yourself. Sincerely show the faculty at the medical school why you want to be a doctor and why you belong there. Don't let anyone discourage you because if you have gotten to the point in which you are actually interviewing at a medical school, you belong in medical school. Your destiny is to become a doctor. Bye, everyone, and good luck on all of those interviews. Peace and love, everyone. <laughs>